0: Hello, everyone. Welcome once again to Cave the Cross Apologetics. I am Patrick. And I'm Tony. And uh, if you're joining us, we're uh, in the midst of the early parts of our book by John Frame, Apologetics, A Justification of Christian Belief. And we've covered uh, the preface and the intro. Uh, We talked about why this book uh, needs to be the case that it's written. Uh, You know, we keep adding to the church. And so there's always a a need to, to write New apologetic material. There's always a need to clarify what's uh, being misconstrued out there from both uh, the unbeliever and the believer side of things, and so uh, we're in the midst of chapter two, the message of the apologist. And so, frame's going to lay out here a a a, a direction on um, kind of for the apologist, what should we be covering um, yeah. as, as far as it goes for um, kind of the the overview picture. What 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 are the the and he has the three kind of four subjects that he says, um, uh, every apologist should be looking at. And you can, you know, even if you're covering the the, you know, the events of the resurrection, it's still embedded within these uh, uh, three to four uh, topics. And so um, uh, uh, we're gonna kind of work our way through and and see why they're important. And the contrast between kind of what's being offered uh, outside of Christianity, um, that uh, are the the big explainers to to answer life's big questions, uh, you know, uh, why are we here? Is there anybody else out there? Is there anything beyond, uh, uh, you know, life and death? And so um, and so uh, frame here wants to point to um, kind of these these areas of focus, especially for um, uh, uh, apologists and also for evangelists. And so um, that was a a, a a good ending to to this chapter that I think uh, mm-hmm. uh, we'll appreciate here. So. Uh, so we're getting in the midst of it where he says the apologist's message ultimately is nothing less than the whole of scripture so unfortunately you have to read genesis to revelation because it's very (laughs) important
1: yeah (laughs) Yeah. you have a question about christianity okay well let me read the whole bible (laughs) (laughs) right
0: (laughs) yeah so so, you know if if uh if we're uh reading a message from from uh you know our significant other and in there it has uh descriptions of what to pick up from the store and and making sure that we get the kids on time if we if we happen to just you know yada 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 over something uh m- maybe we have the uh the, the 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 bread and the milk but we don't have the kid in the back seat and so uh we we need to make sure that uh that it's all there so so we we need to uh use the, all of scripture as our 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 message and uh it, it needs to be heard by um uh, by those who we're apologizing to we're, that we're providing an answer for the hope that we have. But in an apologetics text such as this one, his book, it is important to provide a brief summary of the content of scripture to give direction to the apologetic witness. And he says that for the, the purposes of the present book, it will be useful to summarize the message of scripture from two perspectives first, Christianity as a philosophy, and second, Christianity as good news.
1: Yeah, right. And so he wants, so we have these two uh, perspectives here, right? Christianity as philosophy and as good news. He's going to spend the bulk of this chapter then talking about Christianity as philosophy. Obviously, he's a philosopher. He's a theologian, but he's also a philosopher. And so he's gonna and the philosophy is going to create the worldview that now we're going to use right as comparison with other worldviews. And so he wants to spend some time. Uh, on philosophy so that uh, we have this worldview uh, in mind as we go through the apologetic uh, enterprise. So he says, by Christianity as philosophy, he says, I mean that Christianity provides a comprehensive view of the world. It gives us an account not only of God, but also of the world that God made, the relation of the world to God, and the place of human beings in the world in relation to nature and God. So again, this whole worldview perspective. Uh, uh, And then you have the main, I would think, the main three areas of, of, uh, you know, basic philosophy. So if you take an introduction to philosophy class, you probably cover these basic three areas. Um, So it discusses metaphysics. That's the theory of the fundamental nature of reality. Uh, Epistemology. That's the theory of knowledge, right? What's the nature of knowledge? And, of course, values that has to do with ethics and aesthetics and, and that sort of thing. And so given these three areas, he says, you know, uh, Christianity has philosophy. Uh, it's has a viewpoint on everything. And so that's what he wants us to see. Here.
0: Mm-hmm. So kind of metaphysics is the wh- what things are. And then epistemology is how we know things and values are what what should we do or what what what. Uh what is the value of the things that we do so one of the more unfortunate repercussions of america's distorted view of the kind of separation of church and state <laughs> which i appreciate his uh his commentary here is that uh public school children are able to hear advocacy of every system of thought except those that are arbitrarily labeled as religious and so we kind of right. talked to, about this uh, a little bit uh, in a couple of our past episodes um where yeah you know you 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 can bring anything you want into it as long as it's not uh christianity because then it makes you religious but uh you know if you're passing laws then you have to have a uh a a, a tabula rasa of 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 um ethics in order to pass laws because laws aren't inherently uh, uh ethical statements don't murder. Don't right. steal. I, I, th- right. those those things kind of sound familiar. Don't don't lie uh, yeah. uh, under false pretense and testimony in court. I mean, yeah, what <laughs> does that have to
1: do with ethics? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah.
0: How dare you? How dare you uh, trivialize? <laughs> m- m- you know, my my freedoms for, for uh, what you want to do here. Uh, so who is to say that the truth might not be found in or even limited to one of these religious positions? Uh, you know, what if, what if the case that uh, um, uh, Islam is true? Uh, would that affect all of reality? I, I mean, it, right. it would. It, it, it would so, definitely. Or Hinduism, or uh, you know, the the um, uh, Native American uh, type uh, uh, beliefs, or you know, um, um, the kind of uh, uh, the from Hocus Pocus for for um, for Kurt Vonnegut. You know that that uh, that uh, religious belief system that he writes about there. Uh, you know by 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 saying th- these answers can't come into the to the milieu of you know acceptable ideas to bring to the table um you know it's it's you're possibly uh, decounting uh the number 4 from your answers of well what is 2 plus 2 well, right. I mean we, we we can consider other things we can consider cow and we consider milk and and uh street light but we definitely can't consider 4 because i mean you know you, you you people that believe in numbers out there. I mean, and, you know, show me a number. I can show you a cow, but I can't show you a number.
1: So yeah, this- so his point here is this is kind of arbitrary. Leaving religion out is kind of arbitrary. And right. we're trying to capture knowledge and, you know, what, what, you know, the state of things and what reality is all about. And we leave, uh, leaving religion out is, we're missing something that's really the point.
0: Yeah, now, and, you know, it's not until uh, recently that we've done this too,
1: right? Yeah, and I mean, you know, people say, "Well, there's separation of church and state." Well, you can't find that obviously in the Constitution. <laughs> Constitution yeah. talks about the state creating a religion; it has nothing to do with you know um, covering or talking about.
0: Religion. Right, right. From from a federal perspective too, uh, you still had the allowance of of state, uh, literal state-run uh, churches. Uh, but, yeah, right. I, it, it's interesting that separation of church and state is about, uh, uh, you know, uh, excessive taxation on the churches won't happen. And so if if I could declare myself a church, that that would be nice, too, to have a separation of <laughs> church and state there as well.
1: That's right. Separate <laughs> me, my taxes from the state. <laughs> right.
0: Because <laughs> uh, I'm religious. So that's the, yeah,
1: that's the dream. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So he says, uh, further, the extreme separationists often seem to be more opposed to the public expression of Christianity, in particular, than to religion in general. Don't bring it into the classroom or the, the courthouse or the, the uh, state convention or uh, don't let me hear about it. Don't uh, you, you definitely can't be on the sidewalk and tell people what they're doing inside of a building with children is wrong. Uh, just, you know, it, it should just be you at home, e- even though you say Jesus Christ is Lord and you go lord of what and you say everything okay then that means the the courthouse the, the state conventions the sidewalk what's happening behind buildings to, to children all those things are effective and so we're we're discounting uh, dis- discounting these answers um that uh that are available uh, to us and they could be the right ones and so
1: all right, bring them to the yeah. table all right and so So what he does here is he says, you know, we have the separation of church and state, so we can't talk about religion in the schools. And in particular, we can't talk about Christianity, right? He says Christianity is excluded from the schools, even though, or perhaps because it's the only genuine alternative to the conventional wisdom of the modern establishment. And so that's the big point that we're going to see in this particular chapter. He's going to go over this again and again and again, that Uh, Out of the various worldviews, perspectives that are out there, Christianity is different and it's an alternative to what the rest of them have to offer. He says in our time, as opposed to, say, 600 years ago, people are ignorant of the basic Christian worldview. And so he he says it's going to be helpful if they understand, you know, the worldview so that the gospel will make sense to them. So he wants to present Christianity first as philosophy. And again he's gonna uh you know use the bulk of this chapter to do that and then at the very end he's gonna look at uh, christianity uh, as uh, as gospel
0: right right and uh, he'll he'll kind of get towards the conclusion of this it's it's not philosophy first and then gospel um philosophy is the gospel and gospel is the philosophy so, right. so it's, it's it's not uh, of, of first importance be a philosopher and then you can present the gospel um he'll he'll clarify that point but what he's going to lay out here is the philosophy first and then he'll conclude with the gospel all right so uh metaphysics metaphysics uh, kind of takes the preeminence because it deals with that uh, high view of what is everything and so uh the four most important things to remember about the christian worldview are this first the absolute personality of god second the distinction between creator and creature and third the sovereignty of god and fourth the trinity so, from each of these points, he's going to uh, lay out um, how these things affect uh, our understanding uh, of of nature from a Christian perspective, and it uh, it it uh, allows us to provide answers to uh, certain areas of life that um, these uh, aspects of God's revelation uh, affect.
1: Right. So metaphysics, the nature of reality here, he's, and, so he's, and so God obviously is ultimate reality for the Christian. So that's where he starts with God. Then uh, with regard to his uh, absolute personality, God is absolute. And what he means here is in the sense that he is the creator of all things and thus the ground of all other reality. Uh, as such, he has no need of any other being, right? He quotes Acts 7, uh, 1725 here, for uh, you know his uh, he is uh, independent of everything else, right? So he has no no need for any other being for his own existence, his self existence. Um, and then he he looks at the Westminster Shorter Catechism. He says, in the words of the Shorter Catechism, here God is a spirit, infinite, eternal, and unchangeable. In his being, wisdom, power, holiness, justice, goodness, and truth. And he tells us this, this definition emphasizes not only God's absoluteness, but also his personality, spirit, right? Spirit uh, in scripture. And, and the, the idea here is spirit uh, is means that God is personal, right? God is a spirit, he is personal. As a spirit, then God speaks, right? Acts 10, he gives us leads. God leads us as a spirit. He bears witness with our spirit. He helps us, right, as a spirit. He prays, right? So the spirit uh, prays on our behalf, according to Romans 8. Uh, The spirit loves. So as spirit, God does all of these things. So uh, an important part of the nature of God is that God is, is spirit in his absolute
0: about. Yeah. And, and so he's, he's laying out the, 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 the fact that um, from his perspective of the Christian worldview, we have to start with God because uh, God is, is the creator. And from who God is, uh, it informs us of who we are and uh, also of his creation. He's, he's uh, not, not uh, creating apart from himself, um, even though he is not in creation. Uh, but there are still aspects of God that we kind of need to hold on to if we are to fully or better understand the nature of reality. And and um, in, in, in reading this, I, I really, really liked um, uh, what he does here. So uh, that's what we're going to find out here. So the great question confronting modern humanity is this. So here's the great question. Granted that the universe contains both persons such as you and me, and impersonal structures such as matter, motion, chance, time, space, and physical laws, which is fundamental, you know, which hmm. which which is of the 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 primary or or you know kind of first things, what, what, right? The most basic, right, right. Yeah. right. So, <clears throat> is the impersonal aspect of the universe grounded in the personal, or is it the other way around? The the personal is grounded in the uh, uh, impersonal aspect. So, kind of does does matter arise from uh, our 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 personal nature where we, we called it into existence or does uh kind of matter f- uh flow and bounce into things and poof all of a sudden uh einstein uh is is created and uh, <laughs> he can then look back and, and and see all those particles bouncing around and uh you, you have a special and general relativity that that comes about That's so right. this big old circular thing that happens Well, secular thought assumes the latter that the impersonal uh, gives ground to the personal that persons are the products of matter motion chance and so on it holds that to explain a phenomenon in terms of personal intentions like the house is here because someone built it uh, to live in is less than an ultimate explanation less than fully explanatory on this view then an ultimate explanation a fully satisfying explanation requires on the the impersonal yeah yeah the the ultimacy of the impersonal the person built the house because the atoms in his brain moved about in a certain way very creative yeah you know very awe-inspiring you know the Sistine (laughs) Chapel we look at that and we go wow that's a lot of paint flex (laughs) <laughs> no we talk about creativity we talk about uh, uh you know man uh uh digging in the soil and out pops this bubbling crude and out of it he saves whales and allows people to read after 6 p.m thus turning people into uh, uh a better educated people because of the desire to tame nature not just well you know the the the, the chemicals uh, the, uh bounced around in his head to such an extent that He was forced by no other means than to to carry out the will of digging up oil. So is that the necessary assumption that we we see here? He's going to argue in in the negative for that.
1: Right, right. So, again, personal versus impersonal. Modern secular thought says the the fundamental nature of things, the basis of all things is impersonal. Right. And uh, and he's taking issue with it. He says, so let's return to scripture. What does scripture say? Well, he says the biblical writers do not hesitate to ascribe the events of the natural world directly to God. Uh, You know, God waters the land, uh, Psalm 65. He sends the lightning and the wind, Psalms 135. He spreads the snow, frost, and hail, and then sends his word to melt them, Psalms 147. So the biblical view of the nature uh, of the natural world is intensely personalistic he tells us natural events non-personal comes from a personal god so person not a personal is the fundamental nature of things.
0: all right so he wants to then say let us uh think through the consequences of both views because you know from from our basic beliefs there are going to be repercussions that that build down into uh, kind of our actions, so if the impersonal is primary, then there's no consciousness, no wisdom, and no will in the ultimate origin of things. Right, the the Big Bang just happened because uh, nothing exploded, even though it was really dense, and it made everything. So it just uh, all things were created from chaos. So what we call reason and value are just unintended, accidental consequences of chance events so why should we trust reason is the question is it uh only an accidental result of irrational happenings well why would we want to trust our uh very existence to those things that uh you know we we think just kind of is is the result of of an accident and then uh you know okay well you you believe uh that uh you're not able to step in front of a bus but the other person is and so it's just well uh Nature has carried it out so that the the person that doesn't step out uh, in in front of buses, uh, you know, they continue to pass <laughs> their 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 DNA to their progeny. and hopefully more people will not step out in front of buses. And so
1: then no no step out in front of bus <laughs> g. yeah,
0: yeah, that that's uh, you know uh, that's in the uh, in jurassic park somewhere. i'm I'm pretty sure <laughs> but yeah, and 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 that's my my big qualms with with uh, with that type of uh, social Darwinism is um you know uh, to, to explain actions by by this evolutionary process is you really have to subscribe so many things to so many genes uh, um, because of all the permutations that happen here okay we can talk about you know uh, uh being being scared of quick movements and and we can talk about how uh, we enjoy horror movies be, uh, because of that but we can't talk about like well okay if there's high grass and and there's movement in the grass then we get slightly more scared than if there's uh, just a gentle rustle because uh, we can outrun the snake, but the mountain lion, we can't. So there's got to be two different genes for both the mountain lion running away and the snake running away. It it seems like your your DNA sequences have to be uh, uh, a lot more if you're going to ascribe all these certain things to um, to, to, to your um, ancestral DNA. All right, um, so moral value. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. Moral virtue will, in the end, be unrewarded because of this uh, uh, personal being ascribed to the the um, kind of these accidental consequences and chance. You're going to be unrewarded. Friendship, love, and beauty are of all of no important ultimate consequences, for they are reducible to blind, uncaring processes. Something's nice because your uh, brain functions just happen to to fluctuate when you see. Uh, a, a pretty picture, but there's, there's no benefit that you can ascribe to a person for uh, their genuineness. You can say, Oh, wow, you gave me a feeling. But but that that's all it is. It's just a an, an end result, uh, which you can su- supplement with drugs. So why don't we just be a society that takes uh, way more drugs rather than paint more pictures? And then yeah. how do you how do you describe, you know, what uh, a first year student who's drawing a portrait does to someone like uh Rembrandt uh, you know uh you know drawing during the Baroque period uh um you 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 could have uh uh no distinction but be- between those those two two uh qualities uh other than the the way that your brain has interacted with it and so you can talk about uh you know your your endorphins fluctuating at 0. 0.9 rather than 0. 0.6 depending on uh, who you're who you're looking at. So th- those things like uh, being a good friend or loving your wife or loving your children, um, and then how do you distinguish between those types of love or that that type of friendship? Um, it, it it's hard to do other than by um, you know measuring out your your brain chemicals, and then your brain chemicals might be different than another person's brain chemicals. So are you a better friend than? your friend because uh, the brain chemicals are are of different value. Is that how, is that how we describe like best friends? Like, oh, the, you know, (laughs) I'm, I'm able to percolate at uh, for five seconds with this person, but only for three. So this person's more (laughs) my friend than the other person. (laughs) It's uh, a, it's a a different process there.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So he's making this contrast between personal and impersonal. And he's looking at the consequences of, you know, both, both, uh, both positions as ultimate, and of course the consequences of the impersonal, as you know, as we've been spelling out here, as he suggests here, is that uh, you know there's no consciousness and wisdom and um, you know and that sort of thing. But so what about the other side, right? What about uh, if the personal is primary? Well, he says then the world was made according to a rational plan. It's not an accident. If it can be understood. This plan by rational minds, so not only is the world made by a rational um, plan, rational minds can understand it, because of that, friendships and love are not only um, profound human experiences, but fundamental ingredients, he tells us, of the whole world order, this relational nature of things, because it's personal, if indeed that's the case. There is someone who wants there to be friendships, who wants there to be love, All the wonderful things that we find in personality, intelligence, compassion, creativity, love, justice, are not some ethereal data, you know, uh, doomed to be snuffed out in the cosmic calamity at the end of everything. (laughs) But rather, these aspects are what are permanent and most ultimate, he tells us. They are what the universe really is all about. Moral goodness is part of the great design of the universe. So it's not just some accident that we stumble into. Right? If personality is absolute, uh, there is one who cares about what we do, who approves of it or disapproves of what we do, who uh, judges in our conduct. The impersonal is, uh, is ultimate. And so he's making this contrast then between the impersonal and the person. Right. And so
0: one would think that a fair-minded people um, uh, bereft of evidence, forced to speculate, uh, faced with the question of which was more ultimate, the personal or the impersonal, would be equally divided.
1: Yeah. So this is a really interesting point, right? He says, mm-hmm. So let's just let's just say, let's clear our minds and say, so what might be the case? Is is the world more fundamentally personal or impersonal before we even consider anything or look at anything? What would you think? Well, we'd say basically it might, you know, if you asked 100 people, 50 might say one, 50 might say another, right? That's what we would expect, right? Before we examine, kind of a, you know, equally divided kind of opportunity. Right,
0: right. But he says, but no, they almost always gravitate towards the view that if there is any uh, absolute at all, that absolute must be impersonal. And if there is no absolute, that is the same as chance or fate being absolute and equally Uh, impersonalist view
1: yeah so when you ask the question he says from you know people he he's observing always gravitate toward the impersonal right he says for instance when scientists seek the causes of things they almost always assume that the personal elements in the universe can be explained by the impersonal Right? matter, laws, motion, rather than the other way around. They just assume that. They gravitate toward the impersonal as, as an explanation is what he's suggesting. And uh, when scientists uh, seek for absolutes, for example, the origin of the universe, they seek for an elementary particle, impersonal. Right? Or a universal law, theory of everything, impersonal. And uh, an initial motion, the Big Bang, some type of impersonal origin. Or a combination of these various things. So the question he asked then is, why is this so? Why do they gravitate or lean more toward the impersonal? You know, is it not uh, initially, at least, uh, you know, equally plausible that the impersonal matter motion force can be explained by the decisions of a person? Right. So why is it? it? Seems like it's equally plausible. It could be explained one way or the other. <laughs> but they seem to lean toward the impersonal. Why? Right.
0: So he's, he goes on to say then that uh, we, we all have observed how persons create and harness impersonal objects and forces to do their bidding. In a factory, human workers produce a tractor uh, designed and planned by people. A farmer uses the tractor to plow his field, but we have never seen a plowed field produce a farmer or a tractor produce a workforce. Uh, I think uh, uh, <laughs> co- communism tries to try tries to uh, undo that a little bit, but, uh, uh, so far that just ends in death and starvation. So probably not All the right. best idea. So, uh, <laughs> the, the very idea of, of this, the, the, the tractor producing the farmer, the, the plowed field, uh, in other words, the, the ludicrous. impersonal
1: producing the personal, right. right. That's what he's right. In.
0: And, and so you, you've probably used this, you know, uh, um, example before in apologics is if, if, uh, you know, you come to a painting in the middle of the woods and there's no one around, uh, you know, did, did it, uh, uh, culminate the, the the berries come together and create this this picture of this forest within the forest and and uh, uh the per, the person would be forced to uh, uh, what uh, be 50 50 well you know it's possible that uh the, the wind swept it around and, and gobbled up this uh to to look in this perfection or do they see elements of of their own uh, possibility to be creative and say well no clearly this is not the case There there's just uh, a creator for this that's not here right now and so th- this is kind of the the I- idea that's talked about but you know why not one why not the other? And from our worldview we we uh, should have an explanation for um for these answers and maybe even uh, uh, within that worldview why the other side has the answer that they do so uh, christian will will offer actually both those as well. Yet, uh, to many well-educated scientists, the uh, premise of the impersonal goes without saying, as it were. Uh, that's their presupposition. Uh, <laughs> th- there's got to be some God particle, a small g God particle out there that is responsible for, for the quarks or the protons or
1: whatever. And then you go. And well, notice again, that's the non-personal, <laughs> right? Right. And
0: and so you go. Well, well, what makes that up? And like well, listen, we we have the God particle, let, you know. Give us some time, and we'll figure out what makes the God particle, and and you know, is, is it is it particles all the way down? But you know, what's at the very center of 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 all existence? And so, uh, so far, they haven't found that question. But maybe it's uh, the 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 personality aspect to it that the, that uh, uh, is uh, goes without uh, goes without mention, not goes without saying. But like with, within the halls of academia, we 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 can't we can't do this and. Um I, I uh, go back to um, uh, uh, S- Sabrina, uh, German name that I, I'm probably gonna mispronounce, so I'll just uh, mention her book, uh, Lost in the Math, where uh, she's extolling her fellow uh, mathematicians and scientists about why are we looking for a beautiful argument or a, a, you know a beautiful equation to come about as an explanation for our things uh, that are related to the the basic elements of of like quantum uh, uh, physics. You know aren't we scientists why are we looking for beauty and simplicity we should Mm. be looking for Mm. the answer and uh and so uh i i appreciate that and you can find a review of the book and why uh she actually is uh attempting to be a consistent atheist while also using biblical imagery in her book which was uh uh, pretty uh pretty interesting to to catch every once in a while um but uh but so even with scientists they 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 want to view the impersonal when when they're looking uh, through their t- bag of tools, they want to talk about things that have order and make sense. But why why should that be the case? Why 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 are we looking for the things that um, uh, tend to best fit in this random chance universe, where where we're not sure that uh, even the answers that we do have are leading to truth rather than just survival? Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and so, again, the question is, why do scientists, why do modern, why does modern man lean more toward the impersonal than the personal when we're seeking explanations? Why is that the case, right? And he says uh, the, on, uh, the only um, even remotely possible explanation of this uh, situation is the one given actually in the scriptures, in the Bible, that through God's existence, um, Though his existence is clearly revealed to all in Romans 1 talks about this, Mm -hmm. rebellious mankind seeks to suppress that revelation and thus to operate on the assumption that God, the, the God of Scripture, does not exist. So he suggests the Scriptures give us an explanation for why we have this bent toward the impersonal as an ultimate explanation. It's because we're in rebellion, right? He says this is not the most, uh, you know, is this not the most likely reason for the almost universal but irrational preference for impersonalism over personalism hmm. is uh, is this regarded.
0: All right. So in this section, he says that uh, he has not, of course, proved the biblical personalism is true. He says he just merely set it forth over and against its antithesis to show the reader one fundamental aspect of the uh, apologetic uh, task. So he says, uh, we are called to stand firmly against the almost universal presuppositions that the universe is fundamentally impersonal. We must not allow the unbeliever to suppose what he usually supposes. that of course, the impersonal is the ultimate. We must challenge him to consider the alternative, and also to provide an answer for why he uh, believes that as, as kind of the default. And mm-hmm. if he says that he is of uh, of that he is certain of his uh Im, Im, impersonalism, and if he despises anyone who thinks otherwise as superstitious or stupid, we must challenge him and we must ask him to give for his view the kind of proof that he demands of us. Uh, mm-hmm. So again, uh, people are bringing uh, um, uh, certain uh, values and outlooks and um, importances uh, to the table. And so uh, it's not just, okay, you present yours, I've denounced it, therefore I'm right. And we, we should, uh, as Christians, should also see that as well as um, we also have the burden of proof. When it comes to these big explanations, it's not just, well, you're wrong, therefore I'm right. It's uh, you seem to be incorrect here or uh, you're living contradictory to what you're claiming here. And so is there a better... Uh, um, Model for the explanation of of these three these three things the the metaphysics the epistemology and the ethics, and once we show him that the impersonal of is the product of irrational faith, uh, we will be in a good position to present the one alternative to that impersonalism, the alternative uh, presented in scripture, and so that's what um, that's what the, the apologetic method does is uh, always be ready to give an account for the hope that is that you have, uh, with gentleness and respect, and where do we find that uh, answer? is it not the 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 uh, the, the role of scripture to um, to um, um, be the hope that we have and uh, the account for uh, the changed life that Paul uh, um, uh, attributes uh, to, um, to to be an answer that uh, that we have the ability to walk and understand and know the things and not suppress the truth and in our unrighteousness and um, find a a uh, a consistent nature which we can uh, uh, walk in our 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 metaphysics and and recognize uh, the the personal uh, aspect of the universe that's missing from from the the account of the age.
1: And so, uh, so he's going through this metaphysical positions, right, of of uh, Christianity, the philosophy, and uh, the first point here that he's making is that uh, going to. Christian philosophy, God is ultimate, and therefore he is, and as ultimate, absolute personality is ultimate. So God is personal, and that's the foundation, the ultimate reality with regard to metaphysics, right? And there's a bent or a lean in secularism toward the impersonal, and he suggests that, you know, at best it should be 50-50, but, uh, it seems irrational to lean toward the impersonal when, uh, you know, we have all of this, uh, uh arguments and evidence that indeed ultimate, um, is personal. All
0: right. And then the second and kind of last one that we'll cover for this episode is, uh, this very important, very Vantelian, um, uh, relationship that he wants to cover is the, uh, creator creature relationship. This is according to scripture, God is both uh, transcendent and imminent. His transcendence is uh, simply the fact that he is radically different from us. He is the creator and we are his creatures. God's imminence is his involvement in all areas of creation. So he's not so high above that we couldn't have the possibility. So it's like um, us uh, or uh, ants trying to communicate with uh, to, to us. Uh, he's he's um, transcendent but he's not uh, totally removed from from his creation god is the planner of and the main actor in human history ultimately it is with him that we have to that we have to do uh, from genesis to revelation the ultimate question facing humanity was this how are we to respond to god and his word <laughs> that's the question that keeps coming up through all, all the, uh, all, all th- throughout all the, uh, all, all, the Bible. And, uh, sometimes we do a decent job. Other times we don't do a good job, but it's written down. So then that we can learn from it and, and realize exactly what God, uh, uh wants from us and, and how we should act.
1: Right. Yeah. So, so his point here with regard to the creator creature relationship is that God, has a relationship with us and desires a relationship with us. God is transcendent, right? He's radically different than we are. He's the creator and we're the creatures. But he's also, as you mentioned here, eminent. He's involved in all areas of his creation, right? So the biblical creator-creature relationship, like the biblical doctrine of God's absolute personality, is something he says that is beautiful. No longer do we have the intolerable burden of trying to play God ourselves, you know, trying to be ourselves the ultimate standard of truth and light, with all the attendant anxieties that come from that. But rather, we can rest in the bosom of our creator and learn from him, you know, wondrous things of how the world was made and his purpose for us. So uh, we can integrate our small and brief experience here on earth with his revelation by right, seeking to apply that revelation to ourselves so that's this idea of the creature creator the greater creature relationship you can right. have a relationship with our creator He's right. both transcendent and imminent
0: and so um so, i i put up uh, uh on the screen in post so uh editor patrick uh, please do so in remembrance uh of van has this uh this uh, connecting two dots uh, or two circles, uh, two circles picture that he's, he's uh, used to explain kind of the distinction between both the creator and the creatures, which is us. And then there's a line through, and that line is the revelation from the, the, the top down, the, the revelation of God uh, to us. So that, that, that's uh, um, both uh, how we have our understanding of the, our, our existence in the universe and our relationship to it. Uh, and also um, uh, 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 our ability to know things as well, uh, which we'll cover actually next time uh, when we finish up uh, the metaphysical side of things. And then uh, we'll get into the the epistemology and the ethics and also the gospel aspect uh, to why these things are important and and why um, uh, a frame is starting with the philosophy that informs um, our apologetic for uh, figuring out why we should be justified in having a Christian belief. So uh, um, we'll uh, start that next time. And as always, uh, you can go to to CaveToTheCross.com or on YouTube, Rumble, uh, Odyssey, and and check out all the short clips that we post uh, throughout the week. And then um, all the various uh, different audio platforms uh, that that you can find as well, including book reviews. And uh, anytime we appear on other shows or people share our stuff, um we uh we put that on uh, cave the so uh, you can check out all that for even more con uh, content and even more books that you need to buy and uh, put on your shelf and actually read them so that's the that's the goal and so uh you can uh, uh check that out uh, there so uh thanks for joining us and we'll see you next time
1: see you next time